So I grew up in a small family. Hey guys, I gotta wait to talk. Thank you. So I grew up in a pretty small family. It was just me and my brother, okay? Um, and uh, I kind of grew up feeling like I was the center of the world, okay? Anybody just uh, like second born of two? Yeah. Right? Right? Um, I, got, I grew up feeling like I was the center of the world. Uh, this is because my brother was kind of quiet. He was more introverted. He had kind of a temper. He was more of an outcast, okay? And then contrast that with me. I'm super outgoing. I'm really into sports. I'm a good Christian kid. I, like, babysit the neighborhood kids at a young age. Like, everybody, you know, I'm a nice kid. Everybody kind of likes me, okay? Um, I'm just saying, right? And I just loved being the center of attention. Who likes being the center of attention? That's why I went to youth ministry, okay? Um, and I could be the center of attention with my brother, okay? In contrast, with my brother, I was much brighter, right? And I would instigate, I would play into that a lot, okay? Um, as a younger sibling, I would, like, egg my brother on and annoy him until he, like, punched me. And then I'd be like, ah, ha, ha, and then my mom would get mad at my brother. Anybody do that here? I know you do that. I know that happens. If you're a younger sibling, come on, right? There was one time, my brother and I had a snow day. My brother and I had a snow day, and um, he was outside building a fort, a snow fort. And I wanted to annoy him. So what I did, as he was building this awesome snow fort, I, would put, I put dog treats on it. Because the dog would jump on that part, and it would break his snow fort, and he was getting angry and angry, and he'd be like, stop it. Luke, stop it. Luke, stop it. And I'm like, ha, 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 being the annoying little sibling. And then my brother finally, he finally had enough. And so he took his snow shovel. You know those snow shovels, like, for chipping ice? Like the blade on the front, right? And I was standing, maybe from me to that music stand over there, and he just went like this. And he chucked a snow shovel at my face. And it hit me in the face. It hit me specifically right in the teeth. Knocked my teeth out. So I have two front, uh, uh, fake front teeth. You guys were here the first week I was here. And for as much blood that came out, for as much pain as I felt, you know what the one thing that was going through my mind the next couple of weeks was? I'm the center of attention, baby. People catered to me. My mom stayed home. She's like, I'll get you smoothies. I'll get you ice cream. Because I had to go get, like, my teeth surgery. And everything was about me. And my brother was in big trouble. But it was all about me, baby. Okay? Despite the cost. Right? But I don't think that just applies to me. I think it applies to a lot of people. Okay? See, we live in an all-about-me culture. Right? Quite literally, your status in middle school, okay, quite literally, your status in middle school is, how, is based off how much attention you can draw to yourself, right? 
How many followers you can get on social media, taking pictures of yourself, duck lips. Is duck lips still a thing? Snapchat, Snapchat right? TikTok. Trying to get followers on this. What kind of clothes can I wear to be the most fashionable? What kind of videos can I post of me doing the dumbest thing, right? In the age of social media, people are doing whatever it takes to be the center of attention. Anybody ever heard of the L.A. Beast on YouTube? L.A. Beast is somebody who will eat quite literally anything. Uh, I watched a video recently of him chugging a gallon of two-week-old spoiled milk. One time he chugs a gallon of Tabasco sauce. There's another where he eats 10 cactuses or cacti, right? He literally eats them. This guy is willing to do whatever it takes. There's another uh, a YouTube channel called uh, John Drinks Water, right? He has over, I think he has over like 9,000 videos, John Drinks Water. And he has over 9,000 videos. Hey, guys in the front, we're good. He has over 9,000 videos and 37,000 followers. You know what his videos are? Him drinking water. There's another guy. His name is Adam Diddy. And his whole YouTube channel is based off flushing things down the toilet. Check it out. It is super weird. Check it out. He tries to flush down a pizza. Wonderful toilet day, I have some pizza, pizza party. Do you like it? Mmm. Da 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 da. I like little bits of pizza in the toilet today. Bottom, 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 what? You know that guy has 40,000 followers? Who subscribed to his channel because they want to watch him flushing things out of the toilet? Hey guys, I'm good. I'll stand up here. I'm good. Right? Those YouTube videos, those channels show us that people are doing whatever it takes to get attention, right? That's what the world is all about me. How many followers can I get? How can I be the center of attention? But what if, as Christians, God calls us to something totally different? How hard would that be for you? In this series, we've been talking about parables that Jesus shared. They're pretty famous parables, right? They're worth repeating. And parables are just basically Jesus' way of explaining complicated things in faith in a simple way. So he'd tell it in a story that wasn't necessarily true, but it would point to what he was trying to get at, kind of like a metaphor. Does everybody understand what a metaphor is? Raise your hand if you understand what a metaphor is. 
Okay, about half the room. Okay. It's basically something saying, trying to tell a truth through a story. Okay. And in this parable, Jesus tells it at a dinner party. Okay. And at this dinner party, he, he's at one of a uh, um, pretty respectful man in the community. He's at this fancy, ritzy dinner, dinner party. Everybody's wearing bow ties and coming all. It's very ritzy, okay? And at this dinner party, he's noticing that people are having uh, a hard time uh, deciding where to sit. They don't really know what to do, okay? Um, and here's why that's important. Here's why that's important for you to know. Because in that culture, during that time, where you sat at a dinner party was a really big deal. Okay? The closer you sat to the host of the party, the more status you had. Okay? And the, and the host usually sat right in the middle there. Okay? So the closer you sat to the host of the party, the more status you had, okay? So if you, the, the closer you sat to, the, to the, the, the awesome, ritzy, wealthy person hosting the party, the more you were saying to people that I am better than you, I am cooler than you, that I am more important than you. Their seats determined their status. And so knowing this to be true, observing this at this dinner party, Jesus tells a parable that explains something that he valued that was totally different than that. He says in Luke 14, 8 through 11, follow on the side screens here. Did I say 8 through 9? It's 8 through 11. I think we have it on another slide. Anyway, so follow along on the screen. It says, this is Jesus talking. It says, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, uh, give this person your seat. Everybody say, uh-oh. <laughs> then, then humiliated, you have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, he says, instead take the lowest place. So that when the host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, admittedly, there is a lot of stuff that comes with this parable. But I'm going to boil it down very simply to you. So imagine yourself. Are you guys, are you guys ready? Imagine yourself. That, that, that you have been invited to a lush dinner party hosted by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, admittedly, he is. He's usually more buff than this. He's starting to deflate. There we go. Okay, it's Dwayne, okay? Now, at this dinner party, stay up, Dwayne. Dwayne. Come on, Dwayne. There we go. Okay, so at this dinner party.
at this dinner party, you have two choices, okay, of where to sit. Now, obviously, you have more. More than at a dinner party, there's lots of seats. But for sake of the example, just bear with me, I'm going to give you two choices, okay? You have two choices. The first is to take the seat of most importance next to... Next to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay. Now, you want to take this spot because your friends are there, right? And they got their phones, and you know if you're... Dwayne, come on, bro. Come on, man. I promise he likes my company. He needs some milk, right? Calcium. Um, I'm just going to put my armor on Dwayne because we're BFFs. Okay. So you want to take this spot because you know friends who are coming, they're going to take pictures of you. And if your new uh, Instagram story has you next to Dwayne, right, you are going to be a popular, right? But when you do that, people notice. Because what you're saying to them is that you're more important, you're more popular, and you're cooler than them. That's your first choice. The second choice, stay up, Dwayne. Come on, man. You got it. Second choice is to take the seat of least importance. Okay? And for sake of demonstration, it's the second seat. Okay? And when you do that, people notice as well. But people notice for a different reason. It's because you've done something so countercultural, in other words, so unknown to people right now, that people notice. It's called humility. And what is humility? Humility is seeing or putting others above yourself. Okay? It means knowing that you're not the center of attention all the time. You can take a back seat, you can take the second seat, right? You know your social status. Your social status isn't determined on earth, but your social status is determined in heaven. Right? Jesus himself was the best displayer of humility, and he had every reason not to be humble. Jesus was a baller. What's a cool word? What's another word for it? I don't know what you kids say nowadays. Jesus was pretty woke. He was pretty gangster. He was the OG. Or he was the OG. Oh, OJ. Original Jesus. Okay. But Jesus had every reason not to be humble, right? He was the son of God. He never sinned, or in other words, he never made a mistake. He was around preaching all the time. He had tons and tons of followers. He was, he was healing. He was doing miracles. Man, if Jesus wanted to, he could get tons of, of views on YouTube from all, the, from all the crazy things he did. Okay? Jesus was pretty popular. But did he go around saying he was the best? Did he, did he always take the seat of most importance in his life? No, he took the second seat. See, he valued other people over himself. He said, you are better than me. I'm going to serve you 
I'm going to love you. I'm going to treat you like you are better than me, even though we know um, Jesus is way better than us, right? But even Jesus, the son of God, was humble. And you know what? He calls us to do the same thing, to practice humility in our love, in our lives. And that's important because humility means valuing other people over ourselves. It reminds us that the world doesn't revolve around us, that we're not the center of attention. Right? It, it, it means that we acknowledge that, that Jesus died for your sins and that Jesus loves you, and that Jesus loves you. But do you know what else? Jesus loves everybody else. And Christian or not, guess what? Christian or not, do you know what? Jesus loves them just as much as he loves you. And so when we acknowledge that, that we can show the love of God to others, man, it changes the way that we view relationships. When we view our friends in the light of how God loves them, it makes us want to love them, right? It makes us value other people over ourselves. And that changes your relationships. It changes your friendships, guys. Listen to me, man. When you're a person who's humble, you know, puts others above yourself, what does that mean? What does that look like? It means, hey, sometimes in an argument, anybody ever get in an argument here? Anybody get in an argument where you're like, I know I'm right. Right? You know what that means? You know what being humble means? Practicing humility means maybe admitting you're wrong even when you're right. Say, you know what? I know I could probably win this argument, but we just keep arguing. You know what? You're right. You don't say it in a sarcastic. You're right, right? You say it like, yeah, absolutely. I hear what you're saying. And you know what? You're right. That's humility. And that's difficult. You know what else that means? That means despite the social um, mark that might put on you, maybe sitting with somebody who doesn't have anybody to sit with. Maybe sitting with a social outcast. We all have those at school. Or maybe inviting them to sit with us and, and just engaging them in conversation at our, at our table with our friends. You know what that means? It means in your social media, instead of posting all about me all the time, you post about your friends. Like, hey, man, I love my friend. My friend has been so impactful in my life. She brought me to church. Man, we do Bible study together. She loves me. And I just wouldn't be anywhere in this world without her. That means, that means using social media to proclaim God. Saying, man, it's not all about me, but it's all about God. That's what my life is all about. That's what I want to show to people. I put others above myself. I put God above myself. But if you're like me, your natural tendency is to say, it's all about me. I want to be the center of attention. It's so much easier to be the center of attention. I want to be the first seat, not the second seat. I want to move to the head of the table. I want to be popular. I want to be known. But when we focus on others more, it makes our life so much better. 
Man, we're satisfied because we know our identity doesn't come from accepting people accepting us. It's already come from Jesus accepting us. And when we know that, we're so much happier. When we can let people know that they're valued, that they're cared for, that, we're, that they're loved, that's a game changer to how you can be a leader at your school. They say, man, this kid, man, they're so popular, or, or, or they don't normally sit with those people, or they don't normally talk to that person, but, man, they're doing those things. And what's going on in their life? They must have something that I don't have. And you're going to be leaders in your school because don't ever let anybody tell you that a middle schooler can't be a leader. You guys are on the threshold of doing something amazing for your school. What are you doing for it? I can guarantee you, you can accomplish so much more through being humble and through putting others above yourself. And also, I'm not saying that, like, don't be on social media. Because who here loves to be on social media? Okay, like 10 of you, give me a break. We can do those things. Those are fine. Like, we can do those things. I'm just saying... Through it all, through social media, through TikTok, through Snapchat, through Instagram. Okay, shh. Just remember where your priorities lie. And that's with loving God and loving others. In fact, there's a verse in the Bible that's pretty pivotal to this. Matthew 22, I think. Do we have that as a slide? Matthew 22, 36 through 39. Let me look it up for you. I lost my spot. It's okay if you guys sit in silence. You, you guys are fine. This is one of his disciples asking. Oh, it's on the screen. Great. This is pivotal, guys. One of the disciples asking a question. It says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, are you guys ready for this? This is life-changing. He said, love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then, this is the first greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So what are the two greatest commandments? Number one, what is it? Okay, you didn't have to say the whole thing. And what's the second greatest commandment? When you do that, when you do that, your life will be changed. Your influence will be impacted dramatically. And your perception of God and others will, re will remain forever influential. Okay, so this week I want to challenge you. Think of one way you can practice humility. What's one area in your life that you can be humble, that you can show that others are more valuable than yourself. We are super behind, so let's pray. God, thank you that you love us. Thank you so much that you died on the cross for our sins. And I pray tonight that, God, that we understand what that means for our lives as Christians who want to put you first and put others first. Help us to be role models in our school and leaders who care about others before ourselves and ultimately help, help our lives to proclaim your glory, Lord. Because you are good. 
and we love you. In your name we pray. Everybody said? Yeah. All right, go to small groups because we are behind schedule. Run. Well, don't run. Don't run. Please don't run. Please walk carefully.